myself again But it's the only way you're ever gonna learn your love back And it's all in the past I'm dwelling on the thoughts I cannot say to you If I don't say the words that maybe Hi, welcome along to NUFC Matters with me, Steve Wraith. Delighted to be doing another Dream Team and delighted to welcome another Newcastle United legend in Warren Barton to pick his team, his subs and his manager. How are you, Warren? I'm good, my friend. A lot better Great. than we was a few few years ago, anyway. <laughs> yeah, it seems like a distant memory, mate. And I love yeah, the T-shirt yeah. as well. San Diego mags are getting a bit of a following now. Good man, yes. Hey, I love the glasses as well. The glasses are suiting you. Well, thank you, mate. Yeah, some people say it makes us look a little bit like Alf Garnet, but uh, you've got to grow old <laughs> gracefully, mate. And I haven't got grey hair, so I might as well get the glasses in. Uh, yeah, but man. good good to see you, mate. And um, it, this is a simple format. Uh, just really need to know, uh, what formation is your team going to be? I'm going to go, uh, obviously, one in goal. People tend to forget that, but a 4-3-3. Yeah. Three, three. That's what four, I'm going to go three. Great four, stuff, three, mate. Three. Oh, OK, fantastic. Who's your goalkeeper, then? Uh... Obviously, I was lucky to play with a lot of good good people, first and foremost, and a lot of good goalkeepers as well. Um, Shea Given, for me, would be my number one. And it was a tough one um, with Pavel Cernicek, who I've got utmost respect for and obviously is a, a big friend that we've lost. Uh, and, and Shaka was there. And Tim Krull would be another one as well. So in the era that I'm looking at, uh, Shea would be there. I thought he grew into his, his role as the goalkeeper. Um, great servant, wonderful fellow off the field. Um, always give his best in training, always give his best to his teammates. Um, and a player that I respect and admire, uh, on and off the field as well. So, I think you know, with the, the service that he had, uh, and I think you remember Steve when he first came in, he, he wasn't the best with his feet and he worked on that. He went back on the training ground, he had ups and downs when me and him got left out of the uh, FA Cup final against Manchester United, which, which was tough for both of us, but. He showed great character and resilience to go back. And he's a lovely fellow as well. Great fellow. Yeah, 100%, mate. And it's no surprise, I think, that you know other players, uh, fans, uh, celebrity fans who've been on this uh, show have all picked Shea Given. I think he's I think he's the number one pick. I'm, I'm going to have to go through, meticulously through the teams and, and get that all-time 11 one day. But uh, yeah, Shea Given, no surprise there, mate. Great guys, you see, on and off the pitch and doing a lot of media work like yourself as well. Getting, getting I'm not there. sure about his haircut, though, Steve. I'm not sure about that at the moment. He's got he's to gotta let it go, Shea. He looks like Peaky Blinders the way he is, but... <laughs> Hey, there, there we go. There we go. He's having another midlife crisis, like all of us. Okay, then. 4 3 3. Uh, who's on the right side at the back, then? Are you playing yourself? Uh, no, uh, John Anderson comes to mind straight away. I'm a big fan of, of John's uh, outstanding player. Um, I think Stephen Carr as well, although I don't think Newcastle fans will see the best of him, but I always thought Stephen was a, was, was a good player. Uh, but I've gone with the man at the moment, Trippier. Uh, um, I think he can do things that we could all do, uh, but there's one or two things that he can do that I don't think me and John could possibly do with the, the surface that he has uh, on, on free kicks. Uh, we, we was both pretty decent at that, me and myself and John, but uh, Trippier just takes it to that next level. Uh, I know he's early on in his career, um, but signing as he was the first one of the new ownership coming along, I think that endeared himself to every... Newcastle fan, an ex-player, because he's a proper player, uh, a good leader on and off the field. He understands what it is to be involved at Newcastle and to play for Newcastle and, and enjoys it like we all did uh, and embraces that. 
he's got a little bit of fire in his belly uh, as well, which I like. Um, obviously, the World Cup coming along. I just think, Steve, that he can do everything. You know, good service with the ball, can defend well. He's quick, uh, likes to tackle and obviously score goals. And that's maybe that's put him ahead of, of someone like John. Uh, and and things like that where you can put the ball in the back of net with them free kicks and set pieces. So, um, yeah, very, very fit. And as I said, not many games he's played, but when he has played, he showed his class. Absolute class act. And I think for me, what stood out about Kieran Trippier was when he was injured, um, he was still going to the away games. He was on the bus. Um, and, and at times when he got off his crutches, he's standing on the side of the pitch cajoling the players on. I was at Brentf I was at Brentford when he was when he was still injured and he was sitting in the stands and I wasn't too far away from him and he was he was checking the league table and he was, you know, it was it, he gets it as well. And and I think because he was that first signing through the door, Warren, um, you know, a lot of people talk about Brian Kilclain coming to Newcastle under Kevin um and, and Paul Bracewell, two players who had a, a big part in that creating the entertainers team. Kieran Trippier, if this does, if this team goes on to, you know, be as good as or emulate the entertainers, I think people will look back in years to come and see a Kieran Trippier was the catalyst. Yeah, I definitely agree, Steve. I think the first one, and you know, it's always that uncertainty, and he'd, he'd left a club that had won the La Liga, where normally Barcelona and Real Madrid. He's learned off the a shoot coach, but I think you said it there. He gets it. He gets it. You know, he understands. Bruno's maybe got that little bit about him now that understands Joe Linton, but. Kieran Trippier has been been phenomenal and um, he's a joy to watch and hopefully we can keep him off the treatment uh, treatment table. Yeah, 100%, mate, 100%. Okay, left side of your back for me. Uh, I'm going to go my left back. I was looking at Frank Clark would be someone that I've got a lot of time for, but I love him, Bez. I've got to go with John Beresford. Um, MBE, now in the Hall of Fame. But just a, a wonderful player. How he never got involved with England, I don't know. I know at the time Stuart Pearce and Graham were so, but I'll put him in that uh, category with, with them. Stuart, for me, was one of the best left-backs we've ever had in the country. But Bez was up there. Um, just a great person, first and foremost. A good footballer. Uh, knew how to attack, go forward. Dealt with David Ginola, like any, any <laughs> Bez could deal with him uh, in his own way. But just, again, another player that whenever he put that black and white shirt on, the in, it was nothing less than 100%. And um, that's why he's so endeared with the fans up there. You know, they, they love him. He's always around. He's always got time for people. We keep in contact on, on the phones now, WhatsApp. And you know, I congratulated him when he got involved in the uh, you know, introducing to the Hall of Fame and, and that type of thing for, for Newcastle. And he deserves it. He's just a, a top-class player uh, and a great person to be around. He's fun. You know, everything about him is positive. He wants the best for everybody um, and just for, for that alone. Uh, but also he could play. Uh, as I said, he had Frank Clark breathing down his neck because I'm a big fan of Frank. Even though, little story here, Steve, when I was 16 years of age and Frank Clark was the manager of Leighton Orient in the lower leagues of England, he said I was too small. I was never going to make it. And then funny enough, when he was up there doing a, one of the legends in the lounge, I got man of the match. So he had to give me a, he had to give me a bottle of champagne. I said, "Wasn't well, you that told me I was too small? I was never going to make it." <laughs> so uh, th th there we go. That, that's that's full circle with Big Frank. But um, yeah, best best for me, brilliant player. Class act, mate, as you say, on and off the pitch. And uh, no surprise to see him in your team. He's in a lot of the fans' teams as well. Okay, two centre halves, mate. Who's your first one? I I'm going to go with my leader. And captain, and there's only one captain of this football club, is, is Bobby Monker. Um, I think a phenomenal um, man, 
uh, again, has been around. The last Newcastle player to lift any silverware uh, would be Bobby. When I first went to Newcastle in 95, 96, I bumped into him a couple of times in, in St. James's Park. And just talking about the game, talking about the people, talking about the city. Uh, we were just obviously starting to get going as the entertainers. And Bobby always had a good word, you know, whether it was like, we need to do this a bit better. It was never about what had happened in the past. It was always, well, what do you think we need to do better today? We could have, has KK been? What, what can we do with Les? You know, he, he was always talking about the game. And even when I went back up again, um, beginning of this year, for the, I won't be getting asked to go back again. It was the FA Cup game against Cambridge and we lost. Uh, but I spoke to Bobby and just chatting to him there. And it, again, it was just about the game. It wasn't about what he'd achieved or what he'd done. Just a real leader and a, and a class act. So he's my, my main centre-half, my ball-playing centre-half. Uh, and the captain of the team as well. Yeah, great pick, Bobby. Uh, club ambassador as well as you say. And, uh, yeah, you know, still, yeah. still, still very much an integral part of Newcastle United uh, to this day, and loved uh, by uh, by fans and uh, you know the owners as well. Have a lot of respect for him. So yes. alongside alongside him, mate. I've gone with a bit of flair, uh, and it's just quite nice that it's the uh, near the anniversary of when we beat United five 0 and obviously Philip Albert with that wonderful chip. Uh, so graceful uh, with his, his left foot. We see it in the World Cup in 94 for Belgium. And then obviously when he comes to Newcastle, um, another great fella, Steve. You you know uh, Philip very well. Yeah. Um, a real leader on the field. Apart from one or two injuries, particularly the serious one, I think he could have gone on and played more games, obviously, and, and stayed at the club a lot longer. But just a, a really break in the mould of how defenders was coming out at the back, playing with the ball. He had that sweet left foot. Um, joy to be around in training as well. You know, the uh, free kick outside the left foot, right foot, um, more of his left foot because it was like a wand. But he would be my player, uh, Philip, because him and Bobby would complement each other uh, as well. Uh, and he could defend when he needed to. Uh, but uh, a lot, again, another big fan of Philip Albert. Yeah, top top class, and and as you say, that that goal against Manchester United is uh, is is one which we never get sick of, no, of watching. Nothing, and nothing. Um, he was a hell of a current off the pitch as well, Warren. Yeah, he was great off the field. You know, um, liked his game of pool, loved his game of pool. He was always fun to be around when he used to do his uh, impersonations of a Geordie, and just just a really likable man. You know, a, a top class player, um, and, and as I said, a, a very very good footballer as well. Uh, and a good person to be around. But yeah, a good character as well and a leader. Uh, he'd give a bit of stick and he'd take it as well. And he used to drive Tino mad with all the <laughs> things he would, would do. Him and Nobby uh, would, would drive Tino mad, but it was, it was all in good spirit. Okay, that's your uh, your goalkeeper and your back four. We're, we're moving into the, the three. I'm going to ask you a question. Where was you what? when we beat United 5 0? What, what part of the stadium I was, was you? I I was there and I was in the Gallagher end in those days. Um, that was when my dad could could use those stairs in the Gallagher end. And um, I remember the day very clearly for a couple of reasons. Um, there was a programme which was being recorded for Channel 4 called There's Only One Alan Shearer. And I was one of the focal points of that um, of that particular documentary. And I was selling the fanzine, the, the number nine fanzine, outside the Gallagher end. I always used to stand... At the the bottom the bottom entrance into the into the Gallagher end at the gates where the fans used to come up and there's a shot I've got the documentaries on YouTube um, and you can see me basically getting interviewed it was chucking it down pretty much absolutely sheeting it down um, but the documentary was great because it focused on what it was like to sign Alan what what it was like for a fan to sign Alan Shearer 
and what it was like for the fans to have this team suddenly winning every week and entertaining the fans. And and basically, you had all these people making their way to the match. I was I was opening the post office before I went, and then working in the post office and then going to the game. There was another family who were just a typical family. Two of them had season tickets, but two didn't. So two were watching it at home on Sky and two were going to the match. Amazing, mate. Amazing. And um, so it's I've got, actually got a record of where I was that day. Um, yeah, and, and as I say, I sat in the Gallagher end that day and it was fantastic. And me and my dad and my brother, and it was a guy called Chris Knowles who used to go to the match with us in those days. It was great. And, and it was the familiarity. We all knew each other. There's lots of fans, you know, every, everybody knew each other in our section of the ground. It was just fantastic. But just, just I'll never forget it. And of course, I was at the Charity Shield, Warren. Um, so oh, yeah. <laughs> I was at the Charity Shield. And, and again, it was chucking it down when we came out. There was this there was this biblical downpour uh, when we just literally just all got soaked that night uh, after getting humped 4-0 in the Charity Shield. First time we'd ever been there. So it was, we exacted revenge on Fergie yeah. and and his boys, and boy did we do it in style, mate. Yeah, Fantastic. yeah, yeah. Nothing needed to be said beforehand. I mean, I know Philip gets a lot of the craze and and Alan, but Janola on that game was on fire. He terrorised Gary Neville. He didn't know whether he was coming or going, but Janola was on fire. And and it's amazing. I mean, we we've we've done a few talkings over the years. You and I, we've we've done you know some legends games. I think the lads are getting a little bit too 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 old to run around now, <laughs> unfortunately. But we've done some great celebrations of it, and it's it's just the camaraderie in that team was exactly yeah. what we've got now. And that's that that's that one thing you can't buy. You know what I mean? No, and, no. Um, you can't buy chemistry and that. It's it it was just organic. It was natural. It was fun. Yeah, brilliant, man. Brilliant. Okay, into your three man midfield, mate. Um, who's oh. your first pick? This is probably one of the, the hardest things um, I was going along uh, because there's so many wonderful midfield players that we played. You know, um, Kabai was one um, that he would be in there. But I've gone with Doggy Lee, Rob Lee. We keep hearing about Bruno. He's the best midfield player. We've, and I think me and you, Steve, agreed on this on social yeah. media. He's not far off Bruno, but he ain't Rob Lee. He's um, not. And Rob, for me, is that any player as you get older changed his game but he, he started off a box-to-box scoring goals I remember that he always used to tell you about the hat-trick he got in Europe and you know how he would play and uh, when I first went out there we we knew each other through England and we played against each other obviously but become really really good friends and and then obviously we went to Derby together as well afterwards but box-to-box in his early part of his time at Newcastle could score goals bring other people in the game and then as he got that little bit Older uh, to go and play as like a if you like a number six and spray the ball around. You remember that pass to Allen against Aston Villa where he put it right on his foot and Allen then chips pitch Michael and, and puts it in the back of net. For me, pound to pound, I think the best sign in Newcastle was ever made, and that's a bit of a statement because we've had some bargains. But for what we got for Rob and what the service we got out of him uh, was, was brilliant, and to show that character after what Rude Hullet tried to do to some of the the senior players and come back and play as well as he did. Uh, I'm a big fan of Rob's um, on and off the field as well. As I said, his, his kids have obviously played. We've grown up together. Um, and just, as I said, pound for pound, my man, he's, he's the best we've had. No, no doubt about it, mate. He's in my team every time. And um, look, Bruno is magic, uh, but he's at the beginning of his Newcastle career. And I tell you what, if he has half as good a career as Rob Lee, uh, then he will, you know, he'll go a long way to be. But you, you know, Steve, about Rob Lee, he will never buy you a drink. I've been in a bar <laughs> with Rob Lee, just a two of it. And this is a serious thing. We was in Derby, was having a drink, was having some food and having a drink. There was only me and him in there. I bought three rounds. 
three rounds. <laughs> it was only me and Rob in there. It's, it was incredible, but he just said that way. But I, I think that's why he wears big shoes because it keeps him away yeah. from the board. You think? <laughs> exactly. Yeah. He's like, he's got little crocodile arms. So I'll have to get. Him. I'm gonna have to get Rob on as a get, get Rob on there. Yeah, get <laughs> Rob on there. He knows. He knows. You've given him a bit of praise and you've knocked him back down. Uh, so who who's next? Who's next alongside him in midfield, Neil? I've gone a little bit back, and I think I get another one that just got introduced to the uh, Newcastle Hall of Fame, Terry Mack. Um, for me, uh, what a great picture that is, by the way, Steve. It's a belt. Well, I was it trying is. to think of somebody with a hair. Like I needed some proper hair with you being on yeah. it. So yeah, yeah. No, he's a, a, a wonderful player. Obviously, a lot of his time is, was spent at Liverpool and winning the trophies, uh, but. He used to like remind us about how he could volley a ball, how he could score a goal uh, and have a look on the, what well, we used to say videos then, now it'd be on YouTube or whatever it is. But, uh, and then just great person to be around at the training ground with KK and when Kenny Dalgleish was there. Uh, just a wonderful player. Epitomises uh, what the team was about, the way they got forward, the way they tried to score goals. And he instilled that into us when we all went there, even in the dark times when it was tough with myself or other players. Um, he would always have an encouraging word and just you know, hang on in there, dig in there. It's going to be worth it uh, if you if you can come through this difficult time. So Terry Mack for me was was brilliant. He didn't say too much, Steve, like in the in the changing room, but when he said it, it had great volumes uh, about what he was saying. And uh, I can't speak highly of Terry Mack, a, a wonderful player. Yeah, yeah, top bloke, top bloke. Going through uh, a hard time as we know at the moment. Yes. But great, great yeah. to see him being, um, you know, inducted into the Hall of Fame. And uh, obviously, we send our best wishes and love to to all of his family, um, you know, who are, who are around him um, at this moment in time. Uh, next, next in your th- uh, midfield, this is your third, third and a three man midfield. Who was it? Yeah, I mean, Gaza was in there. I mean, I love Gaza. Um, but I've gone with my old room partner, Gary Speed, maybe because of that sweet left foot that he could give us a, a little bit of balance. And, you know, I touched on the point with Rob Lee, box-to-box uh, midfield player. Speedo was like that. You know, he could get up and down um, the engine that he had, the quality that he had, the head in power. They had, a, obviously, that sweet left foot. And to go as long as he did and play as long as he did at a high level uh, is a credit to him and how he looked after himself. And when Gary first signed for Newcastle from Everton, uh, I'd played against Gary when he was at Leeds. Uh, I was a right back. He was a left midfielder. He used to kill me in the air with his headers. And they used to do that diagonal and speedo would come flying across. So when Gary first come in, I, I took him out for dinner because, he, you know, as it is, Steve, you come into a new place. He didn't know anybody. He knew, obviously, everybody. but uh, And we all knew who he was. But personally, so I took him out for dinner. And from that day, we really clicked as friends. Uh, the kids uh, grew up together. Uh, Louise and the, my wife as well was was friends. And obviously, we, we all know what happened uh, 10 years ago, which seems frightening. Our, our life's gone. But um, a hell of a player. Um, anyone, when you needed someone, you when you was up against it, going to Old Trafford, going to Anfield, he would be one of the first names you'd have on the sheet because he wouldn't let you down and he wouldn't shirk any responsibility. Um, and just a sad, sad loss. But what a player he was. You know, I think of the good times with Speedo. He used to drive me mad. He was trying to learn a guitar when we were sharing a room together for four years. <laughs> Wonderwall. It went on for four years. I said, Speedo, can't you at least play another record? At least learn another tune. But um, he kept going. He had that silly little laugh as well. Um, and was always just fun to be around. And um, arguably, him and Stuart Pierce, probably the two best trainers I've ever train with day in day out oh and I throw Peter Beasley in there as well Pedro would, would go in there as a trainer 
But Speedo for me would be that natural balance. Sorry, Gaza, I love you, but Speedo gets in front of you. Yeah, Speedo. He's better looking than you, Gaza. <laughs> <laughs> Speedo is a top lad. And I, I, I remember one day in the players' lounge going to see um, going to see the lads, and um, Speedo was in there, and, he, and he'd um, he was going to miss the last couple of games of the season. Um, and I used to run a Sunday football team called Felon, and uh, I just as a joke took in a signing on form, and uh, I hand him this bit of paper. Uh, like folded up and I went, if you get a chance, sign that Gary. And he went, all oh, right, yeah, no problem. What is it? And he opened it up and he went, signing on for the gates of the district league. He went, you can keep that. <laughs> it was worth a go. It was worth a go. It was an, an illegal approach. I would have got my hands wrapped. Uh, but anyway, three three up top then, mate. Who's your first one? Well, I'm going to go, I'm going to go, to, uh, it seems to be Vogue now at the moment. I'm going to go with two strikers and someone just in that hole. And okay. when you have someone just in that hole, there's only one person to be, and that's Peter Beardsley. Uh, arguably, I think, the best player that I've ever, uh, day in, day in, been around. Um, class, left foot, right foot. The way he played, and let me like, give the fans a little bit of a insight. The way he played, how he never stopped chasing and hustling, that's what he did in training. And you can imagine some of the days we've had a little bit of a late night and a little bit of a sore head. Pedro was flying around, taking the ball off of our toes and and putting a ball in the net. And when I went to England, it was one of the first to, to come and chat to me. And then when my wife, uh, we moved into New, Newcastle, Sandra and Peter asked me around for dinner to be around. And just, again, I know he's had his problems and I, I, I'm not going to go into that uh, with other stuff, but what a player. Um, and what, for, my, for me, has always been uh, kind to me, uh, gracious to me, but he's a hell of a player. And I think because of the style of football, it sort of gets overlooked how good he was week in, week out. I don't, I don't think by the true fans, but I think when people think of the, the entertainers, you go to Celez, you go to maybe Ginola, you go, and Peter gets a little bit overlooked, but he shouldn't do because for me, he's one of the best players I've ever played with. And I've been lucky to play with some good ones, but he, he was phenomenal, Peter. Best player I've seen in a black and white shirt, not once, yeah. but twice. Um, and, and for me, proud to call him a mate and somebody who still puts as much effort into playing charity games, um, which he did uh, a couple of weeks ago um, for, for us at the Food Bank game. Um, and, and Peter doesn't like being taken off either. He played the whole game. No, so no, I was going to say. I tell you what, with Pedro, if he has kept Cadbury's chocolate going through all these problems. <laughs> he doesn't does drink. He doesn't drink. He would he'd be out with us and he'd just be having these Cadbury's bars of chocolate all the time, just eating them all the time. But that, that, that would be Peter. But again, another source. I, again, if I ever went back and when I do go back, you know, just to see him be around him and just to pick his brains, he's phenomenal. Yeah, he's top class. Okay, front two then, mate. Um, always, uh, you, you said the midfield causes problems. This causes all kinds of problems for people um, as well. Um, go on then, who's your front two? Yeah, well... I think I'm going to lose one of my good friends. Celez was someone that I was really going after. And um, Denver Bar, I think, and Sisse, when they was playing, they was two out-and-out strikers. And uh, Ned Kelly, who I love, I think he, he would be there. Gareth um, as well, Peacock. But I'm going, to, I'm going to cut to the chase. I'm going to go with Big Al, which is, I think, no surprise, the big number nine. Um, you don't really have to say too much about Alan. He is what he is. And he's a goal-scoring machine. He's got the record for the Premier League. Um, one thing, and I mentioned it to him a little while ago when we was doing these uh, Zoom calls and doing these little bit of a phone-in things, is that he's probably the most dedicated 
individual player I've ever been with. Like when I mean the individual player, the sole purpose of training was to get him better as an individual. It wasn't mostly like the team and working on tactics. It's like how I can score more goals. And Steve, I don't know whether I told you this story, but when Sir Bobby first took over from uh, Rude Hullet after that dreadful game against Sunderland and we played Sheffield Wednesday, uh, Bobby said to Alan the day before, why do you keep coming short? And, you know, Alan being Alan, well, that idiot told me to come short. So Bobby went, I want you facing the goal. Uh, so cut a long story short, we played Sheffield Wednesday, we were in 8-0, he gets five goals. On the, on the fifth goal, it's a penalty. Paul Robinson, a young local lad, he actually started in front of Alan and Duncan Ferguson in the last game. So Bobby brought him on. Paul's got a penalty. He's, all his family there. There's about 20 people that have come to watch him. We're 7-0, we're beating Sheffield Wednesday with about eight minutes to go. Paul's like to Alan, can, can I take the penalty? I've got my family. Alan just went, F off, put the ball down, put it in the back of the net. He got five goals. That's yeah. how focused he was. People may say that's not very kind, but it was just about him scoring goals and how he could score goals. And me and Nobby would be out there doing some crosses, like we'd walk off the field and go, oh, yeah, where are you going? Get back out here and we'll be crossing balls. And honestly, Steve, if you didn't put it in the area where he wanted it, he would he would kill you. He would like in front of whoever was there, get it in there. And then he, and then he start mumbling. Then you knew you was in trouble because then he started mumbling and kicking the ground. You knew you was going to get a, a full volley off of him. So you made sure to deliver the ball in the right area. And to this day, as I said, you know, I've worked with a lot of good strikers and even when England, when we was there, whether it was with England, whether it was with other people, Alan would always be working on his trade, working on his trade, scoring goals, scoring goals. Even when he had the injuries, you know, he'd be working in the gym, he'd be coming back, making sure with Derek Wright and people like that at the club to get back to it and just... Um, a, a top professional, and obviously uh, his record speaks for itself. The, the best number nine we've ever had, and that's saying something because War Jackie would be up there because he won, obviously the FA Cups and, and Super Mac as well. But I mean, Alan for me um, was a was a top class player, obviously. Yeah, no surprise either to see him in uh, your starting lineup. So who's alongside Amir? Who completes the eleven? I've gone a little bit little and large. I've gone with KK. I've gone with my my old gaffer. Um, which his hair was always the same, actually. Can I just say as well, with KK, the, the worst outfits he'd ever wear. Les Ferdinand was another one I was looking to go with, as I said, yeah. as a striker. Les would be up there and the other strikers, but KK. But the thing with Kevin, when he used to wear their little crop jackets and coming with his collars up, he thought he was cool, but he didn't realise you've got Les Ferdinand that you could put a bin liner on him and he'd still look handsome and lovely. And then you had David Ginola, who was uh, obviously a male model. So KK had no chance going forward. But, you know, as a player, as a footballer, understanding what it is to play for Newcastle, uh, having that expectation on your shoulders, which can suffocate people sometimes, you know. I think of John Dale Thomason, who's doing a great job now at, at Blackburn. When he first came to Newcastle, it was a little bit too much for him. Then he goes off to AC Milan and win the Champions League. But, KK was telling the likes of Les, and he didn't need to tell Alan so much, but, you know, these type of players coming in, that the expectations of playing up front for Newcastle, if you do that, they will love you. And that's why the fans still love him now. And, you know, let's not be... He, he walked away twice from us. 
but we still love him because of everything else that he brings to the table. So, um, a hell of a player as well. We do give you the opportunity to have some uh, substitutes, mate, um, which makes it a little bit easier. You might not fall out with uh, yeah. as many people as you thought. Uh, so, um, you've gone uh, you've gone for a pretty action-packed bench looking at it. Who, who have you got on there? Well, I mentioned about the beginning, Pavel Cernacek. It was really with Shea, uh, but I think Shea's duration of being at the club. But Pav, uh, when I first came, was, was brilliant to me. Uh, an outstanding goalkeeper, vocally, dedication, professionalism. Uh, second to none. I know I, I touched on on Shaka as well, and Steve Harper. You know, another another excellent goalkeeper. But uh, Pav for me gets the. I mean, what a great shirt as well. I mean, looking back at Brilliant, that shirt as well. Yeah, uh, and Pav. I know you've got a, a, a big, big softness for, for Pav, and rightly so. So um, he gets in mind. If we ever need a goalkeeper, he'd be my one to come in. Yeah, top class. Okay, who's alongside him on the bench, man? Uh, Gaza won't like this, but I've, I've put Paul Gascoigne down there. Um, Another, again, when I played for England and when he was getting ready for Euro 96, he was on a mission. And uh, uh, just, a, again, talented player, one of the best talented English players we've ever had, one of the kindest hearted person we've ever had. And I get asked sometimes about Paul, about the stuff he did off the field and the joking. He loved the game. He, he, he loved the game so much and he'd give everything to the game. And it's, he was a student of the game and... That's one thing I think gets looked over uh, a little bit about him. And I spent, when he was going from Middlesbrough down to Everton, I was on the train with him when he was actually going to sign for Walter Smith at Everton. And we spent two and a half hours talking about a game. It wasn't necessarily talking about a Pacific game. It was just talking about the game in general, how things are going, what's changing, what systems are going on. Um, and he was brilliant. And I, and I love Gaza. And, um, you know, uh, unfortunately, he's on my bench, but... Uh, as I said to Rob Lee once or twice, if you don't pull his finger out, Gazza's straight on. So you better start pulling your finger out, Rob Lee, because otherwise Gazza's on. Great talent to have on there as well. And uh, the best player in the world in 1990. Uh, injury affected him massively. But yeah, he's uh, still got a place in the heart of uh, many Newcastle fans of a certain vintage. Uh, OK, uh, your next sub. Celez. Uh, uh, only a couple of years at Newcastle. Um, and just what a player. Um uh, the, the way he finished, I've never seen anyone as good as the air as as he was, um, and that includes someone like Alan Shearer. But the, his hang time, I remember his first game. You know when he got that goal when he knocked it past uh, Steve Guzovic, I think it was, and put it into an empty net. He was always going to be a legend. Um, he had that great smile and still got it. He still, I see him when we come back in the new year um, down in London. He still looks exactly the same. Uh, he looks always suave and sophisticated. Uh, again, spent two years living in the room with him. He was living with me as well when we first went up there. He had an apartment, but spent most of the time with with me. And just um, a, a lovely fellow. I, I don't know anyone that's got a bad word to say against Les. And if they are, they're lying. But uh, a top class player as well. Yeah, top top class player, top bloke. And um, the partnership with Alan Shearer was just something unreal, wasn't it? It made it easy, Steve. You just you could just kick a ball up in the air, and one of them would win it, the other one would score. It was. It was as simple as that, um, that they complimented. I mean, it's a lovely story that they said. They looked at each other before one kickoff and said, who are we going to terrorise today? I mean, what a feeling that must have to have Alan and Les look at each other. So, right, we're going to terrorise this lot today. And they normally did that. You know, I think he got 50 goals in the two years that he was there or maybe more. Um, and, and I said, you know, even when he had to give the number nine away, he still, he still did that in a class way because he realised what, you know, what Alan was coming into. So he, uh, 
he got on with it. The worst one out of that was Lee Clark. He went ballistic because they took his number 10 off of him. And Clarkie was the one that went crazy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And you don't want to get on the wrong side of Clark. No, I was going to say crazy. that. No, oh, no. All right, mate. Who's next on the bench? I'm going to go with another player of my generation would be David Ginola. Uh, I think, Steve, I don't know whether you agree, but for that first six months, I'd never seen anything like it. Me and Rob was playing against Hearts yeah. up in Scotland in a pre-season friendly. And he was doing things I'd never seen before. The way he would turn, left foot, right foot, graceful, control the ball, whip it in with his left foot, whip it in with his right foot. He had pace. He had it all. And we, we was neighbours for the 18 months that he was really up there and, and settled and got to know David well. Um, another funny story was in the Gosford Park, me and Les and, and Kevin, uh, we just signed for the club, said, oh, can you bring the lads down to training the first day of training? Uh, you know, Warren, can you do us a favour? I said, yeah, it was like, no problem, Gaffer. No, it's fine. And obviously we knew of David and we knew him play for the, in the Champions League for PSG. But we're sitting there and Les is obviously, should be the next James Bond. He's sitting there as handsome as anything. But then in the distance, you see this silhouette, this lovely hair, beads, white linen shirt, white linen trousers, just off, a yacht from the south of France. Was, me and Les went, who the fuck's that? I said, I think that's David. He went, gee, where is it? David come over as gracefully. Hello, hello, hello. Going around, had his little espresso, little pastry, uh, and, and off we go. And, you know, for, from that day on, he, he never looked back. But what a player. Again, I spoke about Gary Neville. Two yeah. players that I, you know, look at in the Premier League that have been standout right backs, uh, Lee Dixon and, and Gary Neville. David terrorised both of them they didn't know whether they was coming or going when he got on the ball he had everything and um, shame it didn't you know last a bit longer um, but he he was for that time he was phenomenal for me David Ginola yeah top class absolutely top class okay uh, your last sub uh, and you've gone back back in the, uh, the, the, the time machine for this one I, I have gone back in the time machine and also when I was a young kid I was born near Highbury uh, and Arsenal, I used to go with my brother and dad. We used to go over through a park and then go and get into the stadium and go to North Bank. And Super Mac was, was there. Uh, obviously, at had his time at, at Newcastle and the way he would score goals. Uh, and I know he's a big figure in the North East still at the moment. Um, but again, a rocket of a shot, a, a true number nine, uh, pace, aggression, um, but always had a kind word. Um, sometimes Super Mac, because I know... You and Al, a couple of times, there was a few things there, but I always thought it was quite amusing. But um, a graceful guy, a nice fella. Um, and again, a wonderful player and, and, you know, someone that wore the shirt with pride uh, and real quality. So Super Mac gets, gets on my bench, which is hard to say when you think of someone like Super Mac and Gazza and people like that on the bench. But sorry, gentlemen, I've, I've, we've, uh, we've had some quality players, and, uh, but Super Mac definitely gets in that category. Yeah, fantastic. And uh, you can catch Super Mac with Gibbo every Thursday on this channel. Um, your manager, mate. I bet this has been a bit difficult as well. Yes and no. Because there was only two, I think, you know, mm -hmm. uh, in my time there. And I know we've had, you can't really talk about the ones that have been in the last 13 years. I mean, Eddie's doing a wonderful job and he might end up breaking into this bracket. But, uh, you know, I look at Kevin Keegan of how he had the vision the passion, um, the fourth uh, of understanding of what to bring to Newcastle. But for me, it's Sir Bobby Robson. Um, and the reason why I say that, Steve, he had the whole package. Um, he understood the area. 
we wish we would have got him after KK left, but he was actually in Barcelona. And the dignity that he showed there, if you ever watched that uh, documentary about it, the, the, the stick that he suffered, and with England. But when he came to Newcastle, he, he just loved every minute of being a manager of Newcastle. He would get in, a lot of coaches do this, but he would get in with a smile on his face. He'd always have, and it's fitting that you've got him there in a shirt and tie and jacket, because it, it always come in. And his word would be, as soon as I walk out of my house, I'm representing Newcastle Football Club. And that's how he would he wanted his players. And to deal with the players, we was quite easy to deal with, I think. You know, Shay, Rob, uh, Gary, Alan. That generation was quite easy. Then he had to handle the Bellas, Jermaine Genus, Kieran Dyer, who was in full flow at that time. Um, and again, a little bit towards the end, it, it upset me a little bit. But I'm not going to think of that. But for Bobby... You know, tactics was, was wonderful. The way he was with the media, uh, we would be like trying to get out of somewhere like Selhurst Park, which is the worst stadium to get out of if you're getting out with a bus because it's in them little streets. He'd be 35, 40 minutes speaking to a steward about the game that's just gone on, uh, signing autographs, um, going to charity events, making sure that if we had to go and do an appearance for the club, you, you and you are, are going and make sure you've got the stuff on. He was just so attention to details about the club and preparing. And Eddie has got little glimpses of that as well. I know it's really, really early and he's not so Bobby Robson, but stopping at 11 o'clock at night when you've just been in the training ground at six o'clock in the morning for a fan to sign up, they're the type of things Bobby would do and what KK would do. And Eddie did that as well. And that's why I think he, he understands where we miss Bobby because I think he would be, well, he's up there smiling now, looking down and saying, yeah, this is this is the football club that we want. This is the football club the fans deserve. And I think the owners um, uh, appreciate what's going on. So for me, Steve, Bobby ticks every single box that you need to be a manager of Newcastle. Yeah, great stuff, mate. Not going to get any arguments from me on that. Uh, great team. Uh, Shea Given in goal. Uh, you went for a 4-3-3 formation. Uh, so we have Trippier uh, and Bez. We've got Bob Moncur and Philip Albert. In the midfield, Robley, Terry McDermott and Gary Speed. And uh, just behind the front two, Peter Beardsley. Up top, Big Al and KK. On the bench, uh, some fantastic players. Pavel Cernicek, Gaza, Les Ferdinand, Sir Les, uh, David Janela and uh, Supermac. And the manager, Sir Bobby Robson. Uh, brilliant, Warren. Great to have you as part of this uh, this this. Um, dream team scenario and uh, yeah, just look forward to, to potentially adding to it in the future because, you know, it, it is a, a good time to be a Newcastle fan, man. Yeah, I mean, it's wonderful, Steve. We, we spoke about many a times how tough it's been for the fans and just to be motivated to go to St. James's Park and obviously through the pandemic, but it's getting back to the old days and there's nothing wrong with going back in time and appreciating, like you just said there, like new fans that are going to the stadium and sitting next to the same people that have been there for the last few weeks, getting to know each other, getting the same routine, looking forward to walking into St. James's. There was a great video of a, a dad, I think he's a journalist actually, taking his son to his first game and to see the, the flags and the stadium and the roar and the cheers. Uh, that's what we had for for eight years. That's what I had. And, you know, it's great for that to be back. You've been full circle. You yeah. was there at the beginning, like you said, and now you're, you're seeing it again. And for me, Steve, it, it, it's not so much... St. James's Park, it's what the city is and how the people are, are getting ready in Wall's End or Wall's, wherever they're coming into to getting ready, that excitement about Newcastle. That, as Kevin said, they've got their club back now. 
Uh, and I think the owners have been overwhelmed by the support and love that the fans have shown them. And, uh, the, and the boys are doing great. Um, they're trying to win games. And all we've ever said, Stephen, is just we want to compete. You know, yes, I can't be loving to win something. We failed. You know, we yeah. had our time, FA Cup finals and second in the Premier League a couple of times. But, you know, just to compete and to challenge. And that's what they're doing at the moment. And may it long continue. Eddie's doing a great job. Um, and let's just keep it rolling and keep keep upsetting people because no one likes it up as Alan used to say. Yeah, yeah. Great stuff, Warren. Great to have you on. Look forward to having you on again soon, mate. Take care, pal. Speak to you soon. A big thanks to our sponsors, Skips and Bins, telephone 0800 2545 2538. Email inquiries at skipsandbins.com. Website, com. Easy contract free and pay as you go waste collection. Thanks to Darren Baldwin Funerals, based on old Durham Road in Gateshead. Their phone number is 01914782730. You can email Darren at darrenbaldwinfunerals.co.uk or go to the website, darrenbaldwinfunerals.co.uk. Thanks to Garden of Healing Dispensary, CBD hemp and cannabinoid specialists based on Nun Street. The GOHD.com is their website. And thanks again to Three Property Investments, who specialise in sourcing investment properties for their clients who are looking to invest in the Northeast. They offer a full in-house service from sourcing the deals to managing the properties for you. They've done over 100 plus deals in the past 12 months for clients all over the UK. Give them a follow on Instagram, matty.patter underscore northeast property and phil.read underscore northeast property or email phil at 3property.co.uk if you're interested in getting a good property deal. Thanks to the lads at Mr. Vicky's uh, Handmade in Cumbria. These are hot sources and you can find them at mrvickies.co.uk or place an order uh, by ringing 01768 210102. Thanks also to the lads at Blowhole Brewery. A fine uh, amount of ales available from their website, www.blowholebrewery.co.uk. Thanks to Media Arts for all the help with the video technology. Thanks to qtechshop.co.uk, the makers of pool tables and snooker tables in Walls End, Newcastle. And the guys who run our website, nufcmatters.com. If you want to subscribe, hit the badge in the corner and you can subscribe for free. Still do seven shows a week. Hit the thumb up to like the video and click share to share via social media. We're also available as a podcast on iTunes, Spotify and the rest. And if you want to become a member, click join underneath this video or you can put your smartphone over the QR code. It will take you to the membership section of the website. Uh, if you choose to go that way, uh, then you will get a pen, a cup, a scarf and a membership card and entry into the monthly draw for a one-off payment of £25. We also give you something for free. If you want a car window sticker, email john at nufcmatters.com and he will send you one if you are a subscriber. We also help the food bank on here. Uh, NUFC fans, foodbank.co.uk is the match day bucket. If you go there, you can make a virtual donation at any time of the year. And don't forget, Peter Beardsley Soccer School, October half term, Monday the 24th to Friday the 28th of October. You can book now, peterbeardsleysoccerschool.com. Peter's also running Monday night training on the 26th of October. Again, the same website. And if you want to meet Peter Beardsley, well, you've got three chances. Newcastle Legends game, Friday, October the 14th. The Peter Beardsley talk-in is taking place after the game. Tickets for this are available from nufcmatters.com. Adult admission is a fiver. Junior admission is £2. The talking is adults only, and that is a tenner. And uh, the events are all taking place at the Fox Hunters Pavilion in North Shields. 
We've got Peter Beardsley available, uh, tickets available for the St. Dom's Catholic Club show. Uh, you need to go straight to their website um, and uh, you just buy your tickets there. And for this one at the Irish Centre, uh, tickets are available now on nufcmatters.com. Don't forget, Supermax at the Dog and Parrot, every pre-match and every post-match, every home game. And John Gibson and John Anderson are at Pumphrey's pre-match only. If you did like our true crime stuff, it has all migrated to the true crime channel. So get yourself across there on YouTube and subscribe today.